Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. My phone's like, not disturbed, so I look at it, and it's Ben Johnson's calling me. I'm like, so what's up with you? Like, you did an interview, like, are you leaving? He's like, you know what? I'm on my way to the facility right now. Um, you know, I couldn't sleep. He said he couldn't sleep last night. He was, um, he was thinking about it, and he said he's, you know, there's unfinished business. He said it's harder than Detroit. He wants to stay. Once it broke on Twitter, everyone was texting me. I was like, I already knew. I already knew. Unfinished business. Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the great success stories in recent years. His hair is still blue. It don't wash out too easy. He (laughs) dyed it blue for part of the playoff run and uh, keeping it blue for now. Maybe he's just going to stick with blue. I kind of like it. I think it looks good. Honolulu blue, not just blue. Honolulu Blue. I remember the first time I ever saw the list of all the official colors of all the teams. Right. And the weirdest, most incongruent combination is Detroit and Honolulu Blue. Doesn't seem like it goes together. Agreed. Like Detroit and Honolulu couldn't be different. They couldn't be more different than each other. That, that is for sure. You're right about that. I've always been one. You know my thought. They're one of those teams out there that I think needs to change their uniform. Right. I feel like they're going to change. They're one of those. They change their uniform. They're going to go to the Super Bowl the next year. It's like like we saw with the Broncos and some other teams that have done that in the past. I, I, I don't know. I think they're in and due for a refresh. But is there something with the Honolulu blue, Mike, that is Ford related to like because the Ford symbol is not Honolulu blue. Right. I don't. It's, it seems like it's a darker blue. I, I never know, knew if there was something personal with the family there that that they like that color. I like the colors. Now, I'm with you. I I would like to, and maybe this is just a function of the fact that, you know, I fell in love with the NFL back in the 70s, but I like the old Lions uniforms with the lion with the tail on it that wasn't all stylized and fancy, and they were tinkering with the uniforms here, there, and everywhere. 
I like when they strip the logos off altogether and go with the old block numbers. I think it's my favorite look. On the blue jersey. It's a little deeper. It feels a little deeper than Honolulu. Just basic, simple stuff. But you look at the old 70s and 80s, Barry Sanders, Lions uniforms. I like those. But you may be onto something because that's kind of how it works sometimes. A little tweak. We we said it a few weeks ago about the Dolphins. Dolphins want to get tougher, go back to the throwbacks all the time. And Dolphins fans love that. How out of touch can you be with your fan base of an owner of a team where your fan base wants it desperately and you just won't give it to them? Like, what do you gain by not giving them when it is clear that's what they want? In Miami, it's clear that's what they want and they won't give it to them. It makes no sense whatsoever. No, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. You're right. Nor does it make sense that an owner from Detroit went to Hawaii and saw the water and said, that's how I want my football team's colors. Because that's uh, apparently Pete has put that in here, and that's exactly what happened. Owner G.A. Richards was looking into picking a new color. Honolulu Blue was in the mix because he reportedly had taken a trip to Hawaii and wanted a shade of blue to match the Pacific Ocean. So he had color swaths on his table, invited Glenn and his wife in, I believe, and they loved Honolulu Blue, and that's where it went. So there's the story. Uh, way to go, Pete. Good job getting that in there. But yeah, that it does. That's kind of funny. Honolulu. That's how. <laughs> That's how Honolulu made its way to Detroit. All right, and so Ben Johnson sticking around says there's unfinished business. Now, look, I doubt that Ben Johnson's going to get into all the details as to why he decided he wasn't comfortable leaving for the commander's job, and at some point you want to spin it the right way. There's unfinished business. I mean, if you decide you're staying, it's all about winning where you are and having the best possible team you can in 2024 so you're back at the top of the list in 2025 when windows start opening for head coaching jobs so yeah if you're staying you're all in there's unfinished business let's go i mean the players have to be happy the fans are thrilled they thought they were losing him dan campbell has to be thrilled he thought he was losing him as we said yesterday they have another year now to plan for life after ben johnson so this is a great development for the Lions, who are already going to be facing a real challenge next year to get back to where they were, gets a little easier if you're keeping Ben Johnson around. Definitely. I mean, I look at uh, Ben Johnson as maybe the number one key to their success. I, you, you, you ask me, a guy who's you know obsessed with football, watching the film, you, t- you ask me the greatest thing about the Lions organization, and there's a lot of great. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. Players are good. Head coach is awesome. I get that. I don't agree with his fourth down decisions and all that. I will make that clear once again. This isn't week five versus the Bears. It was the NFC Championship game. And if they told you in the August that you could be up 27-10 go in late in the third quarter, he'd gone, sign me up, let me do it. But instead, he wanted to win the game right there. I don't agree with that. But they have a lot of great there. But Ben Johnson, to me, is the number one great thing they got. He sets them apart. Anybody you talk to that has to play Detroit, they go, damn. This system is hard to defend, and then you add on top of his system, he comes out with a few curveballs and wrinkles every week, and yeah, I think he is the the edge that separates them from the pack in a lot of ways, Mike. At least that's how I feel. Other coaches who don't even know him, just watching from afar, are very impressed with what he's doing and believe he will be great. And it takes a certain amount of self-confidence in yourself to wait because, as we said yesterday, we don't even know where Byron Leftwich is right now. He went from presumed head coaching candidate, and I think he's in Pittsburgh, there was a window right? in Arizona. Right. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I felt I, like he was in Pittsburgh, but I could be wrong. And now you got me. Look, I got to look it up. Completely. And and it. No, I don't the think name anywhere. was not mentioned at all this right. cycle. Last year, last year, there was talk that he was going to get the Cardinals job. Yeah, right. Remember, Adrian Wilson was going to be the GM. Yes. And Byron Leftwich was going to be the head coach of the Cardinals. Right. And it all fell apart. It felt like it was a done deal. So it just shows you if you take that chance, it might not work. But Ben Johnson's got the confidence that it will work. And apparently the confidence, if this was a factor, that he can come in and run the show. Yeah. That he can be more like Jim Harbaugh, where they're going to hire the GM after I get there, not before. And I don't work for him. He works for me because I understand what it takes to have the pieces necessary for the offense that I need to run dealing with Ben Johnson and the Lions this year in green Bay as new defensive coordinator will be Jeff Halfley, who has left Boston college, not as an assistant coach as head coach, kind of like what, you know, I've been hearing over and over again, chip Kelly wants out of UCLA and he wants yeah. to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Again, yeah. Raiders are the one that he's currently looking at. I keep hearing it. That was rumor mill senior bowl. Yeah. People chip Kelly wants back into the NFL chip, uh, Jeff Halfley. And what did I thought, I thought the college head coach was like the best gig because you ran the town. They're starting to learn. They don't run the town anymore. When all of a sudden the players start to have some power and the head coaches get out of town. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're sick of that shit for lack of a better way to say it. <laughs> you know, they don't want to deal with there that. There are better ways to say yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That there seemed like a good one. It, said, it. it seemed appropriate for a Thursday morning, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I like, yeah, I, I understand it. You know, I understand school like UCLA, school like Boston College, Stanford, whatever. Schools where, you know, you know, sports are important. We know that, but it's not like the king of the school. I, it's going to be hard for a place like Boston College to compete in college football anymore. I, I think that's why Jeff Halfley looks at it this way and goes, wait, right? Like, we're not a super rich school. We're not like, you know, one of the year-to-year powerhouses. It was hard enough to get people to Boston College as it is, you know, fast receivers, running backs, those type of players. They haven't, you know, been able to do that. DBs, it's rare. Now, to get those guys, you got to be Ohio State, USC. Hey, we got millions. Hey, Texas, we got millions. Blah, blah, blah. Boston College, Stanford, more of the private institutions, they can't compete with that. And that's where I think a guy like that between, wait, the coaching, the rules, the babysitting, the players are making as much money as I am some cases now, or they want money, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of coaches are like, yeah, I just want to go coach football. I'm going to go to the NFL where I can just do that, and I have to worry about the rest of this crap. On that point, here is Jeff Halfley from a recent podcast interview regarding the challenge of being a college head coach right now. I'm all for I'm all for players getting paid. I am. I, I, I think it's great, right? That with the portal together is a complete disaster, which I think everybody has mm-hmm. said. Um, but there just needs to be rules, and there needs to be. I mean, look at the NFL. Everybody, you got a salary cap. You can use X amount of money, um, and there's some parity there. That 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 league was built, right? You you you're the last place team. You get the first round pick. Yeah. So they want it to be a competitive league and everything is built in the NFL to be a competitive league. We're going down a road where there's going to be more imbalance than ever. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. You're getting some teams that can really, really pull away. And then you're getting some teams that you've seen over the last few years have had a lot of success 
and you're going to start to see them fall off. And it's yeah. not, not because of lack of coaching. It's not because of a lack of effort, but it's because what others are doing, it's just, you're not on the same playing field. You're not yeah. playing in the same sandbox as some of those other teams. Yeah. And that's the part that that's hard. There's a lot that goes into it to being a head coach that you just, you would never think yeah. about. And now that I'm also the general manager and you're trying to manage the cap that you yeah, really know dude. what the cap is and you're yeah. fundraising. And I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I want to coach football. I know. I mean, I said to you earlier, like I want to coach more defense this year than I did last year. Yeah. And now it's just prioritizing. Like, how am I going to not do this? And I, I, I got to yeah. coach again. I miss, yeah. I mean, I miss coaching DBs, Yeah. but how am I going to do that? Yeah. And that's what I need to figure yeah. out. So, look, this is the reality of the chaos that college football has deserved yeah, for years. Right. This is where we've gotten to because for years, under the umbrella of the NCAA, they were able to keep the playing field equal because there was no differentiation financially from one team to the other. It was about where I'm going to live. Hey, you got to convince somebody to spend their winners in Boston, right? What kind of a team are we going to have? Where am I going to be on the bench? Am I going to be starting? Am I going to be a backup? Where, when do I get on the field? Those, how long is the head coach going to be here? Those were the considerations. Now it's just money, and that's fine. Money drives everything, pretty much everything. So now that this system is going sideways for college football and you have this gross imbalance with the schools that have the NIL funds available and those that don't, this is one of the great conflicts for me because I think it's long overdue for the players to get paid. But I know West Virginia University, 30 miles up the road from me, is going to be relegated to 8-4, and four, win a bowl game. That's a pretty damn good year. And that's about all you can hope for now. You're never going to compete for a national championship. The days of being, you know... 13-9 to nine against Pitt away from playing for the national championship are over. Yeah. The days of going undefeated in the regular season and no, playing for a national no championship chance. are over. over. Right. They're over. Right. You'd but, have to strike Chris, gold. Here's the solution. Yeah. Here's the solution. Right. Pay all the players, unionize nationally, and create a system just like what the NFL has, yeah, a multi-employer bargaining unit right. where all the players are paid – they're all part of the same union. The rules are the same. They're student athletes who are also employees. What you've been fighting against for all those years is the only thing that's going to save it now and keep it from being a small handful of haves and everybody else just trying to get whatever scraps they can find. That's right. That's right. They got to do something. Like schools like Boston College, great respect. I. Like everything about it, love it. Northeast institution, love. They have no effing chance about competing with a school like Texas or or, or or Ohio State. They have no chance. They don't have the same money. It's just not even fair to ask that they can be in the same playing field. You know, of course, Texas is a huge school. There's oil money, and of course, it's it's a good school. So there's people from all facets of life, business, oil, whatever, who got a lot of money and give money. You know, again, like Texas, I can tell, like, here's a, like a quick story. We needed an indoor facility, right, to practice football uh, my senior year because we had gotten word at Texas that Oklahoma was sending people down and watching our practices. So Mac Brown was like, damn, we need something to cover it up. 
Man, one of our donors paid $50 million and they built that thing for 24 hours, seven days a week, and they got it up in like two months for the season to start. Like that, That's what I'm just talking about, the money. I talked about this with Mac Brown a few weeks ago. He kind of said exactly what you said. Mac Brown's the head coach of North Carolina. He goes, I, I don't even like myself. He's like, I feel guilty. I'm, I'm asking a, a rich guy three, four times a year to go, can you give us more money? Can you give us more money? Can you give us more money? Like, that's not a sustainable model right now in college football. So good for, good for Jeff Hafley to, to get out of there. I want to say, I've known this guy for a long time. Like, not friends with him, but grew up by me in New Jersey, went to a high school and, and, and played at a school that, you know, we, we used to play. I missed playing them by one year where he was like, he left school and then we played them the next year. They weren't on our schedule. He's been with Greg Sciano. He's been with uh, Shanahan. He's been with LaFleur, obviously, right? He's, he's a good defensive coach. I think he's going to actually be better in the NFL as a coordinator than he will in college because now he's going to be able to coach like he said, and he's got all these guys at his football all the time, and he can show his creativity. I think it's a, it actually really cool outside-the-box hire by uh, LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. This is why college football has to get a solution in place sooner than later. You're going to lose good coaches. You're going to have programs that struggle. And they're trying to get Congress to give them some grand solution where the antitrust laws no longer apply. I, I hope Congress doesn't give them what they're trying to get. They need to do what's right. What's right is when you have billions flowing through, from the football programs. And I know it creates other issues, but the guys who are making the money are the ones who should be getting at least some of it. They currently get none of it other than what they can get on the side through NIL. Now, at least it's something they need to start. As Jim Harbaugh has been saying, they need to start sharing with the players. The players need to be employees. There needs to be a nationwide union that negotiates terms where you have the same kind of rules you have in the NFL. You have the same kind of salary cap, the same kind of restrictions on movement. You have trades from one school to the next if the player is willing to be traded, etc. That's what they need to have to smooth this out. And there's going to be the schools that are doing well that don't want that. Now, the ones who are going to dominate this system don't want that, but everybody else is going to want it because it's the only way they're going to survive. We're going to take a break. When we return, Jerry Jones says the Cowboys are all in for next year, and one of his best players might be holding him to it. More PFT Live right after this. He was him a glory hole. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on any uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We'd go as far as Dak takes us. Right. And that's how far we went. Right. So, okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. Where we'll go as far as Dak takes us. Oh, we'll go as far as Dak takes us because look, Dak is the guy that they have to keep around. Fifty-nine point four million dollar cap number for twenty twenty-four. Desperately need to extend the contract, give him a raise, keep him around. Their only alternative is bite the bullet, take that huge cap number under his name this year, and then watch him become an unrestricted free agent in 2025. That's it. So they're all in. And there's a certain amount of pride that comes into this. This is the guy we found in round four. We've yeah. developed him. We've paid him. He's here. We don't. Where do we go? If we let him walk away, where do we go at the quarterback That's position? Right. Trey right. Lance. So they, they, they have to make it work with Dak Prescott. And Jerry's right. He's going to go as far as Dak will take him. And some are starting to wonder how far Dak is ever going to be able to take the Cowboys and how much of it is Dak, how much of it is the Cowboys, how much of it is the team around yes, Dak. Yes, yes, Like, I, I, Well, first off, I don't love that comment by Jerry Jones. He's basically insinuating that Dak can't take them. He hasn't. He's the problem. That's what he's insinuating. Again, chopping the leg out of one of the leaders of his organization – like, I just don't understand that. Like, we did it to Mike McCarthy before the playoff game. Now we're going to do it to Dak Prescott and let the fans go, well, look, he didn't take us. And now they're going to have to pay him, like you said, because he should. He should be there. Like you said, you know, Dak Prescott's really damn good. He's really damn good. No, he's not Mahomes or Josh Allen or Burrow or one of the or Lamar. He ain't, he ain't that. That's not what he's going to be. Do I believe you can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? 100%. Did I sit there and watch the Green Bay game back in film and go, yeah, did Dak Prescott play great? No, obviously not. But did I also sit there and go, their offense stinks, and it's so basic, and you heard me as we were watching the game live on TV that day? Oh, watch this play. It'll be this. And, like, I'm, I'm calling them plays out. So if I'm calling out, how do you think the defense is going to call it out? It's basic. Then they, they can't run the ball, and we talked about the defense yesterday. You know, hey, they 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 feast on the poor when it becomes, you know, better offenses. It's not the same way that way. So, yeah, I think there's more blame to spin around than always just the we'll go as far as Dak will take us. I understand he's not perfect, but damn, they put a lot on his shoulders. They put him in a position where they go, hey, here, play like Mahomes, take over. And we're not even like that creative like the Chiefs are. And then they go, oh, wait, why didn't you play like Mahomes? And I go, no, that's on you. You think he's Mahomes or you keep putting him in these positions. That's not who he is. He needs a little more help than that guy. You know, we've seen the guy in 15 in red and white and yellow. He could do things anybody, nobody can do. But that's, that's to me where there has to be an adjusted thought. And I don't love that Jerry just said that. I don't think that's cool. Well, remember when he suffered the hand injury week one against the Buccaneers 2022 what they did to get more out of the offense when yes. Rush was playing. It right. was more creative. It was the kind of stuff that they need to do with Dak Prescott. But there's when you have a great quarterback, there's a temptation. To Put him say, in shotgun. 
and let him throw it. Just let him do his thing. Like they did with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson this weekend. Right. Exactly right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a a shame that people fall into that trap. And again, this is all the Cowboys' fault that they're stuck with this contract, $59.4 million, after Dak's third year when he was a fourth-round pick in 2016. After he was a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, after his third year, got my numbers right, they didn't sign him to a long-term contract. They they paid him two three four million in his fourth season. They they got a great bargain. Franchise tag year, no new contract. They wrote out the franchise tag. They got screwed after that when they realized what they were facing. One more year with Dak, and then he's going to be Kirk Cousins. He's going to go wherever he wants. Dak parlayed that into this four year one hundred sixty million dollar contract with his massive cap number on the back end. No way to tag him in twenty twenty five. He holds all the cards here. He is in a position as I've said before. Jerry Jones, his entire life, every time he's in a situation where he can exert maximum leverage and do a great deal for him and a bad deal for you, he does it. Dak is in that position. Dak is in a position to screw Jerry Jones. And I think that's why they didn't do an extension last year, because the Cowboys want to do everything on their own terms. They're surprised. Why would anybody not want to do anything on our terms? Well, Dak is doing it on his terms. He did it before. He did it last year by resisting the extension. And now this year, he holds all the cards. And they're going to have to give him a long-term deal, and he's going to be the, the quarterback for years to come unless they get exasperated and say, screw it, we'll accept the fact this is his last year, $59.4 million, and off we go after that. If he doesn't want to re-sign with us as a free agent, so be it. Now, one of the reasons why they need some cap space, Michael Parsons, one of the great defensive players in all of football, is now eligible for a new contract, and he may want one sooner rather than later. What he did after they lost to the Packers was didn't talk to reporters, in the locker room, didn't talk the next day on locker cleanout day, avoided anyone for 17 days talking about what had happened against the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round. Here's Parsons from his podcast yesterday, finally talking about what happened to the Cowboys in the super wild card round. Sitting here and, uh, you know, they're talking about we're going all in this year, man. That's what I would hope for. You know, I'm 24 years old. I've been in this league, you know, three years, and i kind of seen it all. And uh, I hope that we go all in. I hope that we go out and get the players that we're missing because we didn't do that this year. You know, I hope that we challenge ourselves, become better, and become greater for us. Let's go out and get the players we need because we didn't do that this year. He might not be wrong. Factually, but man, it doesn't send the right message if you're Jerry Jones about faith in what Jerry Jones is doing. No, it's rare that there's a guy on the team that can speak out about Jerry Jones. This is one of them. This is like you just talked about. Jerry likes to have all the power and all that. Yeah, he's got a guy on this team that's, you know, like, like, like plays like Lawrence Taylor. He's got power, right? He does. So there's nothing they're going to do. He is the best defensive player in football. If you gave me the first pick of defensive players at everybody, I'm taking Micah Parsons. They are going to pay him this year. I like it. Hey, the leader of the football team, it's on him every now and then to, you know, put the onus on the little pressure on the owner a little to get him over the edge, whatever it may be. Right. And I think it's fair to say what he said. 
you know, there's issues on that team. They need to go all in in a certain area, a few areas to help their football team. They are not in the same class as some of the better teams in football. I think they benefited from a schedule that was fairly easy this year. And as we saw, when they played good teams, they usually lost for the most part, right? I don't think they were as good as everybody thinks they are. And yeah, Mike is going to put a little pressure on them. You know, to make sure their roster looks more like the 49ers or the Chiefs or the Eagles or whatever, because their roster is not in the same, you know, uh, tier as th- those teams that we talk about. I think there's a way that Jerry Jones tries to use what Micah Parsons said against him because. Oh, I hear you. We both think that we both think he wants a new contract. He You're deserves right. a new contract. Definitely. But Dak had to wait five years. C.D. Lamb has had to wait four years. They're going to resist paying him, and they're going to say, you want us to go all in. Hey, Micah, make up your mind, buddy. What do you want us to do here? Do you want us to pay you a ton of money, or do you want us to go all in to bring in the players that you want to have around you so the team is better? But if I'm Micah Parsons, I'm saying, I ain't playing for $2.9 million this no year. No way. You That's don't play. I'm sure. You don't play. It's one thing. It's one thing. For Dak and C.D. Lamb to play positions that are extra protected by the rules and aren't in the, the cluster of bodies, and it just amazes me how many more broken legs there aren't in football when all those bodies and all the pressure, and, yeah. and he's in the middle of all that. Yes. He's dealing with these big 300-pound guys. Yeah. He's got a greater injury risk than Dak or C.D. Lamb. He needs to get paid now. And see, they can play this game. Uh, we'll make you an offer. We're happy to give you a contract, but this is our best offer. You can otherwise play for $2.9 million, and then you got the fifth-year option, and then we'll use the franchise tag. That's what you're looking at. And it puts him in a spot where he has to say, I want more than what you're going to offer, and they can use that against him and get people to think he's being selfish. Well, they, they can. They can. I mean, they, they certainly can do that. At the end of the day, I think he's still got the- Next thing you know, he's giving you the side eye well, on a mattress. Yeah, exactly right. You never know. But what I think Michael Parson does, if Jerry Jones brings up that angle and goes, hey, wait, you see Nick Bosa and the 49ers? Oh, you see all the other good players they got on the team? Aren't you supposed to be good with a checkbook and business, Jerry? Figure it the hell out. I want all my damn money. I'm the best defensive player in football, right? Hey, do you see the Eagles? They got a team of all-stars. Somehow they figured it out. I don't know. The Chiefs, oh, all-star, oh, they, they figured it out. Jerry, it's on you. He's the best defensive player in football. He should not step a foot on the field until he's paid as such this year. I wouldn't mess with it. Exactly what you said. We saw this year there was a few times he had people fall on his legs, and he was this close to being really hurt, right? So, yeah, he plays a dangerous position. He plays as hard and as reckless as anybody in football. There's nobody more kamikaze on the defensive side of football than Micah Parsons. So that's where I think he has the power. Added to Jerry, wants this Super Bowl. We both feel he's getting desperate. And Micah is the guy that can make the plays in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl to make sure you win it and get you know bring home the trophy. So you, you got to have him back. Yeah, and you also have to use him differently than you did in the playoff game, according to him. Here's Michael Parsons. He's already made his commentary on the front office. Now here's his commentary on the coaching staff, specifically the playoff loss and criticism on how he is being deployed. Have a listen. At the end of the day, we were just outperformed, out-schemed, however you want to put it. Like They had an answer for everything, 
And people saying, well, why don't you go to linebacker? Because, you know, they said you could stop the run. Well, guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. There's multiple packages, multiple variations. But I can only play what it's called. Whatever they're calling, whoever personnel they're putting on, I'm not putting out personnel. I'm not putting out uh, the calls. There, nothing's coming from me. So you could put that and put that wherever you want to be or wherever you want to put it, but they're not coming from me. The- Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Dallas, Dan Quinn. Sorry he didn't get the Seattle job. <laughs> He's probably hoping the commanders call again. I mean, look, that's a shot at coaching. That's nothing but a shot at coaching. And and this is what happens. Now, look, he was supposed to talk to reporters after the game, and he didn't. And maybe he would have been even more candid. If this is what he's saying when he's had 17 days to reflect, imagine how pissed he was after the exactly. game. Chris. Exactly. Imagine the kind of sound bites we would have gotten if Micah Parsons had fulfilled his obligations under league rules and shown up to talk. There would have been all we, we talked about that next day. Because he would have gone off. If this is him after 17 days of cooling off, I can only imagine how pissed he was after the game. Exactly. I, I mean, that's that's the signal he's given off, no doubt about it, right? I, this is a pretty cerebral football player. This is a guy that you know we, you and I have talked to extensively. He gets it. He understands the game. When I hear certain comments of what he says on his podcast, I go, oh, this isn't just a linebacker who knows how to play defense. Like, he gets offense, offensive line, secondary rules. So, I'm sure he came away with the game with those thoughts going, damn, we got out, coach. Damn, they exposed us. Damn, every time they dropped back, there was somebody open for 40. Damn, every time they ran the ball, they got 15 yards. So, he was frustrated by that. Right. And the Cowboys, to our point with Dak and how we started this segment off, they're a little bit of like, this is we do what we do. This is what we are. And, you know, the problem with that is guys like Matt LaFleur know what you're going to do and they know what to do to beat who you are. And that's where it's got to change up. And to the point that they have to move him around like that, that speaks to the that, is there a more glaring point that our roster isn't good enough that, oh, when it's a passing down, we need you to play DN. Oh, they're running the ball now. We need you to play middle linebacker. That tells you right there there's an issue with the defense. There's an issue with the personnel. They're not asking Nick Bosa or TJ Watt to change their position. This team plays different this week. You need to do that. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. And that's where the, the Dallas has got to go back to the drawing board. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the Chiefs may be repeat champions in Super Bowl 58. Will we see any repeats from Super Bowl 54 when Kansas City last met San Francisco? That's next here on PFT Live. It's deja vu all over again. Super Bowl 54. The Chiefs are on the ropes. And they punched the 49ers through Jet, Chip, Wasp. Unbelievable. I remember being in the press box thinking, it's over. It's done. The 49ers are going to win this game. And then, boom, Tyree Kill. Kind of underthrown yeah, by Patrick Mahomes, but still effective. Right. Right. It was, it was amazing. There's the touchdown. Uh, it, 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 you, you said it. The writing on the wall was the 49ers are controlling the game, right? And that all of a sudden the Chiefs were controlling oh, the game. Oh, he still had a chance. He got a chance. Championship throw moment. Oh. Here you go. Three minutes left. Emmanuel Sanders is open. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Big moment. And there's there's Emmanuel Sanders. Right. 
Uh, yeah, they could have won the game. They yeah, could have won the game. Sacked Lynch on fourth down. Chiefs got the ball back. Yeah. And the next thing you know, another touchdown from Damian Williams, and the Chiefs win by 11. Down by 10 with seven minutes to play. Actually, they scored that touchdown with like six, six and a half. Yeah. And they win by 11. It's Down by 10 and win by 11. Right. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's where we started right. the, like, they're so, like the Golden State Warriors. They could go on runs like we've never seen a football team go on a run. Now that they're getting together again, courtesy of DraftKings, we're going to look at some Super Bowl repeats. Handful of bets from DraftKings that happened that if you think what happened in the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl will happen again. Will it repeat again? How about this? Debo Samuel, last time around, 50 or more rushing yards, 35 or more receiving yards. It's plus 400. Do you think he will do it again? He had 53 and actually 39, 53 and 39 in Super Bowl 54. Will he do it again in 58? It's plus 400 if you're right. I'm going to say no. I, I think that the, the along, I feel, I feel like this one will be more receiving yards, maybe less rushing yards. I do think that him running the ball because of his banged up shoulder, that wasn't part of the game plan. I can imagine that being part of the game plan here, two weeks off, him having a few catch, carries that way. But, you know, I think ultimately – It'll be more through the pass game. He is such a difference maker for their team. And the, the ability to make yards after the catch, yards that aren't there, and then the attitude he gives their offense, that's where Debo Samuel is, is phenomenal for the 49ers. Okay, in Super Bowl 54, Nick Bosa had one sack, strip sack, and Fred Warner had seven tackles and an interception. Two of the players who were back for the 49ers, two of only seven who are back for the 49ers four years later. The prop... This time around, courtesy of DraftKings, and it is at plus 250 odds. One or more sacks for Bosa and seven or more combined tackles for Warner. You got to hit both plus 250. I you would take this one. Again. I would take this one. This, I mean, Fred Warner, seven tackles. I, I, I have a hard time thinking he won't get that. These, the offensive tackles are the area. Bosa's got an advantage here. Right now, the Chiefs, they're more efficient with how they throw the football. They throw the quick screens, the RPOs, a lot more. Right. But I still think Bosa gets one. I do. I got to think, Mike, the 49ers got to play different way on defense than they have the last few weeks. They got to play a little more aggressive, a little bit more like they did in the second half of the game. Right. They don't blitz. They don't like to play man to man. But you saw the Green Bay game, the Detroit in the first half. It was too soft. People are wide open everywhere. If they play that way again, Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl and tear them up. They got to readjust the approach on defense. Both had two sacks against the Lions after a four game uh, drought with no sacks at all. We'll see if he can catch and sack Patrick Mahomes this time around. All right, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL and Super Bowl 58. For Super Bowl 58, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLive when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. And please bet responsibly. More PFT Live right after this. This is the moment from Sunday that created so much entertainment. Travis Kelsey throwing Justin Tucker's helmet and balls. Patrick Mahomes got in the act, too, because Tucker was down there in their area while they were trying to warm up before the game. Patrick Mahomes has talked about it. Here's Travis Kelsey from his New Heights podcast talking about the pregame altercation with Justin Tucker. 
for those of you that don't know what happens in pregames, the Ravens have their side of the field and the Chiefs have our side of the field. Now, specialists, because of like the win factor and yeah, they go to where both you sides are, they get, they get a chance to kick at, at both field goals and kind of punt from both sides of the field. But it's always, if you're, if you're trying to go onto the other team's designated area, you kind of stay out of their way. You know, you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on. That is the unwritten rule. That's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a f- about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your fucking <laughs> kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping. Eyes are looking left and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. Justin came out and he said it was more of a joking gesture and kind of a fun competitive. And I get it. I mean, he was kind of winking at me, like being a dick about it, like trying to get under the skin. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He said we just weren't in a joking mood. Um, we yep. were ready to get after it. And uh, so, Justin, sorry if we took it to a <laughs> level that you didn't think it'd get to that play. But if you're going to be a dick, I promise you, I can, <laughs> I can one-up you every time, dude. <laughs> well, we're batting sixty-six percent when it comes to bleeping the word "dick." I see, but that's okay. Well, that's now okay. it's lower than that. <laughs> it's fifty-fifty. Uh, so, um, look, I, it, the whole thing was just kind of weird and funny, and the Chiefs were looking for someone to pick a fight with them. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, they hey. weren't looking to pick a fight. But they were looking for somebody to pick a fight with them. They, 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 this is their livelihood. They're, this is dynasty on the line. This is everything that they want in their whole dreams of football. Yeah, they were there for business. They weren't there to mess around and do that stuff. And, you know, I, this is why I like them. It's them doing that stuff. It's Travis Kelsey talking away that I like to hear talk. Uh, they're, I, I find them very entertaining, as you know. All right, we'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. You got to be careful about cameras in the locker room. Keep your shirt on. Look, hey, I don't – it's just kind of funny. Patrick Mahomes, why you got to do me like that? It is funny. He but, is uh, great. Quarterbacks are different. Quarter, You know, you don't want a quarterback who's built like Tim Tebow. No. You don't. That's you right. don't want a guy that's all rocked up and isn't flexible. No, yeah, exactly right. You know, quarterbacks have to find the blend of – being loose and gumby, but also having a little weight to take the shots and all that. Very few of them are going to be ripped and cut up the way, you know, you want it to be. And, I, you know, listen, I think they caught Mahomes a little bit of an unflattering moment there. Pants a little low, you know, talking with the arm up. I don't think he quite looks like that. But, yeah, they're not going to be like quarterbacks are not the guys that are going to be underwear models. They're not built like, you know, a middle linebacker or a DB or a wide receiver. And we have seen Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Tom Brady. It's not inconsistent with how the great quarterbacks are built right. in the midsection. By the way, Kadarius Tony off the injury report on Wednesday, they do a week of phony injury reports the week before Super Bowl week. He had a hip injury that kept him from playing on Sunday. Yeah. He's completely off the injury report after he said, supposedly it was him, no one's denied it, that he's not injured but he didn't practice or wouldn't have practiced or whatever the designation is for personal reasons. 
Something weird's going on there. Definitely. I, something weird's going on with Kadarius Tony and the Chiefs. Yeah. I know Andy Reid alluded to it and said that he was really hurt. He said something either the day after the game or right after the game. But, yeah, there's there's some issue there, you know. And, there's yeah, there's a part of me that feels like maybe they're like, hey, can we just stay away, you know, I don't know. It's 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 bad juju or whatever. I don't know. But Kadarius coney has got to be careful, too. Because if he doesn't handle this the right way, his butt ain't going to be on a team next year either. So uh, he better be I don't be think delicate. it will be anyway. Yeah. I don't think it will be anyway. Yeah. I, I think that, look, I have a theory about this, but because somebody was spending too much time allowing us to talk about Leonard Toes earlier in the program, Damn I don't Pete. have time to share it now. Pete's so annoying. I may share it in a different setting altogether. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll wrap up Thursday, uh, PFT Live right after this. He scampers. I think that's the best way to describe it. He's a, he scampers. Like, you ever seen one of those little water dragons run across the water? Like, that's what I envision every time he's running with the football. And I just thought of that, too. That was not pre-planned. Um, pretty proud of myself for that. And then, um, but it's just like, he does a really good job of avoiding contact. He dives into areas. He could slide once in a while, probably get a 15 yard penalty, you know. But um, he just, he's a tough kid. A lot of grit to him. And he understands that, like, when, when he's playing at a high level, when he needs to play at a high level, everyone around him is better. I like the idea. There it goes. <laughs> I, and, you know, he does kind of have that. It's very compact. Yes. It's very compact and efficient. And as Kittle said, maybe he should slide once in a while and get a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, seriously. They would, they would like that. But, yeah, we'll see. His legs, they could be a big part of this football game. As we saw last week, we've seen it a few times during the year. Uh, but I would bet, yeah, with that D-line, the way the Chiefs can pressure the quarterback, he's going to have to make a few plays with his legs. All right, we are four days done this week. We'll be back Friday. Chris won't be. We'll I see won't Chris be. Next. See you in Vegas, in Las Vegas, baby. On Monday, he will have literally lost his shirt at the casino. See you then. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.